Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Check out Apocalypse Podcast Network for more great podcasts. The following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Robots vs. Dinosaurs is brought to you by the 28th Street and Crescent Bodega. <laughs> Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Inception, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Avengers, Infinity War, Avengers, Endgame, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Thor, Captain Marvel, The X-Men, Spider-Man, Malcolm in the Middle, Fresh Prince, Bel-Air, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I Love Lucy, Who's the Boss, I Dream of Genie, The Adams family bewitched the brady bunch and dick van dyke hello and welcome to robots versus dinosaurs the podcast where we watch a movie or a tv show every week and then try to determine which one is cooler robots dinosaurs or small sokovian girls with latent perhaps mutant hex powers Yes, possibly. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host every week, except for when I'm covering a weekly TV show, in which case I have a returning co-host, Ryan T. Lawler. Welcome, Ryan. Hello, sir. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back, Ryan. We have covered every episode of WandaVision so far. We also just, literally just uh, just wrapped up coverage of season two, episode 21 of The Dick Van Dyke Show. It may look like a walnut. Listeners, uh, you may have watched that episode as well because we got really curious when they called it out in this episode of WandaVision. So we decided to do a live watch of it. And if you check the podcast feed, you can find that as a separate bonus episode. So you can either just listen to our commentary on it. We watched the whole episode and talked about it before, during, and after. But if you want, you can also, we tell you when to sync it up if you want to live watch the episode with us. So that might be a fun way to discover some of the cool things we discovered that connect Dick Van Dyke to WandaVision. I recommend it. Ryan, it's a strong (laughs) recommendation from Ryan and from me. This episode of WandaVision, let's jump right into it because there is it's a little bit longer than a normal episode and they're, it's yeah. setting up the finale. So there's a lot to cover. This is WandaVision, episode 108, Previously On is the mm-hmm. episode title. It's directed by Matt Shackman and written by Peter Cameron. I just found this out, Ryan, because I was watching an episode of Game of Thrones recently and the title card came up, directed by Matt Shackman. So this guy was a Game of Thrones director prior yeah. to WandaVision. I've heard he's, he's done a lot of TV shows. He's quite prolific in the TV show genre. Yeah, and he's doing a good job. Um, he is, man. I hope he gets more work after this because amazing. This uh, episode starts with the Red Marvel Studios logo fading to purple. And then there's this ominous smoke. And then a woman <laughs> is carrying a torch through the woods. We get a title card telling us it is Salem, 1693. Salem, Massachusetts, 1693. Yep. And there are a coven, there is a coven, one coven of witches uh, surrounding a witch that I think we immediately recognize as Agnes. Uh, obviously. She has some kind of blue binding behind her back or like the witch that's, that's dragging like her. Like, and, yeah. Yeah. They tie her up with some sort of magical blue binding rope or yeah. something. And they're all surrounding her. And it, it they, the way they set this up, I don't know if you had the same misconception, but I thought this was going to be a witch trial because they're like, are you a witch? And I thought they were going to burn her for being a witch. I thought there was going to be some kind of burning, possibly maybe seeing a deformed, burned like figure of her, maybe Mm. like maybe that's her original form, but 
that didn't go that way. And that's cool. It didn't. And I'm glad because I, because, because that was our first thought that mm-hmm. means that's the obvious thing. So they didn't do the obvious thing, which, because Marvel never does. Marvel is great. They uh, don't, yes. <laughs> what it is, is this coven is telling her, you betrayed us. You uh, stole knowledge. You, you practiced the darkest of arts. The witch in question, Agatha Harkness, is uh, Catherine Hahn, of course, is saying she did not break the rules. She bent them to her power. Um, yeah. We don't know exactly what they're talking about here. And but she makes these subtle, like, facial expressions too and stuff that make me question the intent here if it's all fully her it's almost sometimes like she's not fully aware that she's doing what she's doing yeah she says like i can't control it teach me mother teach me and and her mother who is one of these witches says um says no like she says uh, Mm -hmm. she calls she says she does this thing i wrote this down i don't know what it means but mors monstro natural and she seems to be kind of trying to cast something or banish her. And then she says, please, I can be, uh, uh, Agatha says, please, I can be good. And her mother says, no, you cannot. And and there's this whole back and forth about like, you're deceiving me. Stop with the lies, stop with the deception. And and the facial expression, like you said, she gets this like smirk on her face. Like, exactly. Yeah. All right. I'll stop. I'll, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't going to work anyway. I'm not actually, I'm not actually a poor, innocent victim. I'm really just, I, I, I choose evil. I choose evil. I yeah. choose it. And I'm, right. I'm okay with it. I, do you totally think that she chooses evil? Or do you mm-hmm. think that at some point you, you're going that route? Because I, I thought maybe evil chose her and she, it, she was practicing the evil and it consumed her. And so it's reaching out. It's, it's, it's almost beyond her control. She's doing this and she can't help it. That, that's kind of what I got from it. But I also thought about your side of it too because she does have that smirk like she knows i don't know yeah i don't know i see it i like your side because it it's more like agatha is all it's all her and that's kind of what i really do want i'd love her like i've mentioned before i want her to be the big bad but i almost did get that vibe like she 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 practiced some kind of magic the darkest magic she wasn't supposed to and it consumed her Mm mm-hmm yeah, I see her as a very much like a Magneto kind of character. Because picture your, picture mm-hmm. yourself yeah. as a young boy mm-hmm. in the Holocaust, and you're you know taken to a, a concentration camp with your parents. You see your parents mm-hmm. killed by Nazis, and then your rage manifests in in these incredible powers that let you do something about it. Like yeah. you're going to turn into Magneto. You're going to turn <laughs> into a villain. Uh, yep. So this girl, Agatha, grew up in a time when when women were completely looked down upon, subjugated, literally treated as cattle. And oh, yeah. she, we can, we can surmise she probably had some kind of bad experience in her childhood, mm-hmm. just, just statistically speaking, just being yeah. a girl in this time period. And yeah. <laughs> she at, at some point realized, oh, I have powers that make me stronger than these people that are like keeping me down. I can do yes. something about it. Um, yeah. So I'm not saying it's, it's definitely that, but like I can, I can see a trajectory for a character yeah. like that. I, I think and, they're lining her up to be the, the anti-hero, the mm-hmm. like exactly. Sometimes she's good. Sometimes she's bad. Cause that's kind of, I've read about her in the comics and that's kind of more, she's not actually really a villain. She's more of sometimes she's helping the good guys. Sometimes she's, neutral sometimes she's kind of against them so i mm. feel like maybe they're lining her up to be that character like a magneto who's you know some they come through and help the good guys when they need to but sometimes it their plan also pulls them away from being good and 
it's almost more like they're self-serving not necessarily so she's she's a good she's going to be all bad like you a know? selena kyle like a cat woman right yeah exactly yeah. yep yeah. yeah i could see that so there, but yeah that's i just would kind of like to see that that like her progressing through the MCU instead of just ending here and being that anti-hero, the the good slash bad guy who kind of weaves in and out like a Loki through the this phase, mm. you know? Yes. I definitely want to see her return, largely because I love Catherine Hahn and I want to see yeah. the actress come back and do Absolutely. more with this character. And in just in I want to see her interacting with and bantering with the the, the rest of the MCU. Yes. Like how fun would it be to see a scene between her like the comedy of Catherine Hahn and Robert Downey Jr. on screen together. Right. Like, that would just or be like, gold. Or like Chris Hemsworth and Thor or something like just, mm. yes, those funny guys. Rocket Raccoon. Those, yes. <laughs> I agree 100%. Catherine Hahn is perfect for that. That yep. and, and how she played this this episode too with that menacing evil mixed with the, the tone, the funny quips and like comments, which was really awesome. She nailed it. Mm. Yeah, one, one in particular. So uh, Wanda is, um, Wanda notices the pendant. Uh, no, she, I'm sorry, I noticed the pendant. Wanda didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, at the end of this flashback, when Agatha, basically all of them sort of, they seem to be shooting their power into, or their blue power mm-hmm. into her like a tesseract or like space stone kind of power seems to be shooting into her. She turns it purple, like the power stone maybe, starts absorbing them and literally like absorbs their life force. And then her mother comes in with like the ultimate uh, Harry Potter wand kind of blue shit firing at her (laughs) and she (laughs) absorbs that too. And so the way I interpret that visually is that she has absorbed the power of all of these witches. She's now as powerful as her entire coven because she has all of their strength in, in, in her. Exactly what I thought too. I mean, I, but I think that's what she has this, to. this pendant at the end, it, it closes in on this pendant. And then we see her wearing that pendant as she has uh, Wanda tied up in her basement. And Wanda mm-hmm. is, is yelling, where are my children? And Agatha, this is at the moment that Catherine Hahn <laughs> is the perfect actor for this. She's like, that accent really comes and goes, doesn't it? <laughs> And I love how she mocks her too. Where are my children first? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that. That is brilliant. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's, man, it really skates. It ice skates right on that thin line between this is absurd. This is, this is very funny and absurd, but like Mm -hmm. menacing. Yes. You know, because there's a way you could play that where it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm just laughing. I'm not taking Mm -hmm. it seriously. So very fine. That menace. She nails it. It's like perfect. It's exactly what I want to see. It's the best kind of villain. <laughs> she it basically is explaining to Wanda that she has like, because uh, Wanda can't use her powers and she's trying to like help, you know, get escape and she can't use her powers. And, and Agatha's explaining like there's runes, one on each wall yeah. and only the witch who, who casts them can use their powers in that room. One of them, the very first one they focus on the rune is very much a, a big M. Did you notice that? Yes, I M. did. It did look like an M. Yeah. It also kind of looked like Magneto's helmet or Scarlet Witch's head thing. If you look at it again, but I like your M theory better. Well, what else? <laughs> what else? Well, cause I mean, there's so many things that M could be Magneto and Mag- his helmet that, is yep. like an M. Helmet, uh, M. Yep. What was the other one you just said? Um, the Scarlet Witch's headpiece, like the, in the comics. Yep. The same type of M shape. M could also be Mephisto, but M is also this, this storyline is very much syncing up with a comics story, a recent comic storyline, House of M. 
the X-Men right. House of M, mm-hmm. where Wanda Maximoff is a very, very big, important character, creates a new reality, and a lot of weird things happen. So I think... <laughs> This is something the MCU could be establishing that this house, this basement, could literally be like like a the Xavier Institute. All right. This could be Wanda. We find out later in the episode the most tragic bit of the episode that we'll definitely dig into when she has that the blueprints or mm-hmm. like the 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 land deed maybe whatever for like the house that she envisioned we're going to build in Westview. Mm-hmm. So seeing this big M, seeing all these references to the X-Men, specific X-Men from this comic book and everything, this could be literally where Wanda Maximoff is building the House of M, which is essentially a sanctuary for people with mutant powers okay. to be safe, to have their own, kind of like the <laughs> Vatican sovereignty, they, just so they have their own sovereignty and their own laws that, and they govern themselves. That's what the House of M was. She, like, she made us, okay. I yeah. just hear the vague outline of what it was. It's like she yeah. goes nuts and like I'm simplifying it very stuff, much. But, but yeah, Agatha is explaining like different powers that she has, like crystalline possession and yeah, an imperial mind control curse. I love that scene. That was cool. The scene mm. where she's showing the, the simple like mind control, like like this stuff's like it took me like hundreds of years to master these simple little ones, <laughs> these yeah. simple little spells, you know, so I can make a a, a bug fly to your face and crawl on her turn a or a cicada or whatever it is into a, a little bird and that this took me hundreds of years to master and look at you creating this whole world controlling people on the edge of town and she's impressed with wanda at the same time and she so wants that power yeah she's impressed <laughs> and frustrated that she's being eclipsed by somebody with no practice yeah pisses her off exactly that it frustrates her that you can just come in here and be the biggest witch ever. And I spent all this time to be a master. I have, I, have a, I have a specific question about that. She has two more powers, but then I want to, I want to put a pin in like, a, I have a question about that. Uh, one of them is transmutation where she reformator mm-hmm. figura. And she turns the first, she turns the cicada into the sparrow. Then she like flings it like a, baseball at the (laughs) rabbit which by the way rabbits are evil i've been saying that for years rabbits are evil and it's proof that this character is evil um (laughs) creepy little bastards they really are i don't get why people think they're cute that's that's a whole sidebar i'm not gonna go on rabbits are (laughs) rabbits are monsters and this episode supports me on that uh (laughs) a four but the fourth power she hints at is necromancy she says like Necromancy was out of the question because your, you know, your brother was in another country and full of holes. So she yeah. implies that she has the power of necromancy. She does. Um, and I thought about that too. That's weird because she was surprised in an earlier episode when the kids asked Wanda to bring the dog back from the dead. And she was like, you can do that. But again, I think that's a level of like, I'm surprised that you're that powerful. Like that's right. a whole other yeah here of like yeah i can do this mind control stuff i can do this and that this took me hundreds of years but how long did necromancy take me to to perfect and you can just do that are you kidding me (laughs) no yeah that makes sense yep so all of that ryan all of that feeds into this question of like i'm sure that you are aware of like fan reception and like the you know the the, you probably read message boards and stuff when when marvel movies come out one of the big criticisms when captain marvel came out or, and also when she showed up in Endgame, was that like, oh, we have this power, this character that's like too powerful, right? That she just can crash through a spaceship and she can do all these things. Like if we have her and the MCU has made her so powerful, what's the point of everybody else? Yeah. And I think that the MCU 
I think that's an unfair criticism personally. I think that if you actually watch the Captain Marvel movie, you'll see like, just like Thor, yeah, she has godlike powers, but yeah. just like Thor, she also doubts herself. She doesn't yeah. have the, the, she can't harness those powers perfectly. And that's always the way you bring down a powerful being is emotion wise. Mm. You know, that's how you nerf somebody who's so powerful. You know, they can destroy the whole world. You know, you got to yeah. bring something into it. And I feel like your mental state is is so much of who you are that that can screw up everything. If you're depressed or upset. Did you finish your thing? Sorry, I started jumping into my answer. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, no, no. That's, that's what I'm just opening a discussion because I think yeah. that this is a like in this episode, what we're seeing be the, between Agatha and Wanda is like this meta commentary on mm -hmm. people that are upset. Well, Captain Marvel just shows up and she just has these powers and she didn't earn them like Captain America did or like she didn't yeah. earn them like Hawkeye did or whatever. Like and she just has these powers and it's unfair. I think the MCU is sort of in a cheeky way playing with like fan reception of things that they're very aware of and they're like all right you you could be an agatha and you could be a hater and you could be mad at wanda for having <laughs> yeah. this power and whatever but like if you actually pay attention and sympathize with the character you realize just like captain marvel just like thor she is extremely powerful but her power is almost a curse because she can't quite control it and mm -hmm. She is Sorry. learning to harness it and she's like, and she, but her, but at the end of the day, like her intention is good. So that's what matters. Yes. No, I agree. Absolutely. You mean Wanda, right? Wanda. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Wanda's, I still believe her intention all across this is, is good. Exactly. And just when you have this kind of power and, and such an emotional breakdown, I mean, things are bound to happen just like, any of us when we're in an oppressive state, you know, you, your emotions get the best of you. But when you have the power to uh, hex a whole town and control all the people, mm -hmm. that mental breakdown can be a huge issue <laughs> for yourself Thousand, and everyone else. <laughs> thousands of people under your thumb, all interacting with each other according to complex storylines. Well, that's something special, baby. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, and I, I bring up Captain Marvel because specifically this show has done this that sort of meta commentary previously with Jimmy Woo. Uh, mm -hmm. They were in the sword base at one point, and they were talking about, I think Kat said, well, you know, Wanda almost one-shotted Thanos. Like, she almost took down Thanos. Yeah. And Jimmy Woo is like, well, Captain Marvel took down a whole spaceship by herself. So, <laughs> yep. yeah, um, I think Captain Marvel could have done it on her own, too. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like they're they're playing around with like, yeah, we know the fans criticize these characters, but the characters in the universe yeah. think they're cool. So mm -hmm. whatever. You could just be yeah. a hater if you want to. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not a hater. No way. I'm not a <laughs> hater at all. They can do whatever they want, even if it's a dream. <laughs> So yeah, Agatha says, uh, Westview through your lens, magic on autopilot. There's a lot yep. of like still hinting towards which one of them is really in control. I think we have a pretty clear, <clears throat> like a pretty clear picture though, that right. Wanda is the yeah. source of the power and Agnes is manipulating it. Manipulating kinda, is a good word. I kind of thought that Agnes or Agatha was controlling the people on the edge of town to kind of lure vision. But, you know, now when I come down to it, I'm more, I don't know if she was, because I don't think that, I don't think Agatha can have control over that many people. I think that was the distance away from Wanda. And it's, even mm -hmm. though she's still 
she's controlling them. It's not specific. And it's just kind of like, okay, you're under the control. Just kind of hang here until I need your, uh, you know, until you're called <laughs> for your role or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I did think it was Agatha first, but I don't think it was. I don't this... think that Agatha is controlling any group of people. It's just the one-off like P- Fietro, you know? <laughs> or <laughs> You yeah, know, it's like, I think it's like a one-off manipulation opposed to controlling a large group. She even spe- she specifically calls out that Wanda can control things on the edge of town, and she's impressed by that. Yes. And this also feeds into my theory that I do think she can control Agatha can control small groups of people within of close proximity. And I think this is a harebrained theory, but I think yeah. um, I mentioned this before when we see the swim club meeting with Dottie and everybody in the gazebo. Agatha pulls out the booze, and she's like pouring a little bit of booze in everybody's drink. I think yeah. that is some sort of potion that's part yeah. of, it makes it easier for her to use her mind control magic on people and manipulate them how she wants to. I don't yeah. know to what end exactly in that scene, but like, I'm just, you know, my mind is just racing with theories, so. Yeah, that, totally. That's, that's why this show's great. It's just anything could be right. I think Agatha is very powerful on in a focused area on like yeah. a small group, but Wanda, yeah. without even trying, this is a, for you D&D nerds, for you Dungeons & Dragons nerds, it's the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard. A sorcerer just has inherent power that, that results in literally chaos magic sometimes, whereas a wizard studies magic, and that's how they can cast spells. Right. It's only because of their knowledge of magic, not because right. they have it inside of them. Like Agatha's really good because of how long she's practiced and experienced. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the Wanda who's just powerful, but yeah. doesn't know how to direct it or use it. Now, if you gave Wanda's power to Agatha, which is clearly, I think, what she wants, mm-hmm. just imagine, just imagine what she could do. <laughs> One of the best analogies I've ever heard for this type of thing came from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you ever watch that show, Ryan? Nope. It's uh, it's 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 out there. It's a <laughs> it's a show that like you know you're either a fan of it or you're not. And yeah. um, there is a really there's a character on that show that uses magic. And at first, like she discovers that she can, and like it's very she can levitate a pencil and like do very small things. In later seasons, she becomes almost too powerful and can't control it. Right. And there's this this speech. I'm pr- I'm gonna butcher it if I try to say it word for word, but somebody t- explains. If you hold a hammer at the farthest point of the hammer, you have you have more power in your swing, but you have less control. And if you hold it up closer to the head where the weight is, like more in the middle of the hammer, then you have more control but less power. Right. And I've always saw, seen that as a good metaphor for these kinds of things when you have two characters like this, where one has a lot of power but very little control, and it's like they're swinging yeah. hammer wildly every, in every direction, and the other one is more precise. And That's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Agatha tells Wanda that she needs to know, I need you to tell me how you did all of this. And mm-hmm. uh, she wants to, she she is saying that Wanda is stuck in her ridiculous fantasy and she's not willing to face her truth. So Wanda very well might be in a self-induced dream state or uh, fantasy state. Agatha has been trying to break her out of. Like the whole dream thing. Yeah, like maybe it's not a f- a full dream, but something from the subconscious mm-hmm. opposed to actually, you know, and that's something I can accept better, better than just a full out dream, but yeah. pulling things from a subconscious, maybe something more like that. It's a, a full dream. 
well, they're still, they're technically still in, but they, they go through a door in Agatha's, uh, what she calls literally a bewitched basement, uh, which is very funny. I heard this um, is actually the house that they filmed Bewitch in. Oh, that's crazy. Like the physical location is. Yeah. So I, I think they're maybe making a, I don't know 100%, but I think I read that. So that's maybe, crazy. Maybe we'll double check it, but it's supposed to be a little nod. Okay. Yeah. Listeners, you can fact check that and write in and let but us it's know, cool. yeah. uh, but that's yeah, cool. That's a cool detail if that's true. Yeah. Again, like the Agatha references, uh, Wanda's feeling empty, nothing, endless nothingness. And, and she starts taking her through her previous life. And this is where the previously on thing comes. We get this, this summary of Wanda's life as a young girl in Sokovia and then mm-hmm. as a captive of Hydra uh, and then finally as a as an Avenger later on when she's an Avenger um, yes. right after Age of Ultron. So the first flashback when she's a kid in Sokovia mm-hmm. with her family and Pietro's there. Her mom her mom is cooking or like cleaning the house and dad comes home with a box of DVDs. <laughs> I guess I guess he's supposed to sell them. I, I surmised that like this is what he does. He like buys and sells. Yeah. He's probably like a street vendor. Like, yeah, selling DVDs on the street type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where we get, like, literally, this is the origin story of everything that we know about Wanda Maximoff. This is explains why she's obsessed with sitcoms mm-hmm. and American, especially American culture. What the previous story that we knew about her was missing a very important detail, which is that she wasn't... The story that we heard in Age of Ultron was that she and her brother watched this Stark Industries missile as it threatened to blow up for several days, worried that like if a rescue worker was digging through the rubble, they might accidentally knock something into the missile and it would then explode from them trying to be rescued. Yep. And she said that was like her greatest fear the entire time. So it's interesting to now go back and Agatha is the first one that questions like, well, were you just lucky or did you use a probability hex. Yeah. And probability hex is is the most direct reference to until the very until the literal last line of the episode of Scarlet Witch in the comics is that's her power she uses probability hexes. She protected herself and her brother for 3 days as they watched this missile just beeping with that red like the toaster that red light blinking. Yeah. You're going to say that's like it's a pretty direct correlation to that commercial. Listeners, we just, I, I, I mentioned this at the, beginning, at the beginning of the episode, but we just covered that episode, the episode of Dick Van Dyke that Wanda wanted to watch when they're having their family, family TV night, which I think it's kind of cute that like the whole point of family TV night, PH, as Pietro gets upset about, is that it's, it's a chance for them all to practice English. It's very important yeah. for the Sokovian family to practice English. So they want to watch these American shows. And I know I wrote down some of the shows that he has the in boxes, some of the DVDs that he has in the box, which were mm-hmm. I Love Lucy, Who's the Boss, Bewitched, of course, Malcolm in the Middle, I Dream of Jeannie, and The Adams Family. Yeah, pretty much uh, all the shows that were based that the show was based on. Uh, but behind a painting is uh, is their treasured collection of the Dick Van Dyke yeah. Show. And Wanda wants to watch season two, episode twenty one, the Walnut episode. And Ryan, we just watched that. So how does that episode, just very briefly, because if you want to hear our full, our full thoughts on it, like go ahead and listen to that bonus episode. But very briefly, how does it relate? 
how does that episode of Dick Van Dyke relate to what we're seeing? In well, it seems like this episode, that episode of Dick Van Dyke is literally almost like a, a small summary of the whole show of WandaVision in general, where Dick mm-hmm. Van Dyke is, is slowly realizing that this isn't real and there's something off. That's basically what the episode is about, you know, with the alien, with the walnuts. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the details. You can listen, you can listen if you want, but basically that's, that's the gist of it. Dick Van Dyke is slowly realizing that this is a dream or not real, just like vision in the whole series is slowly realizing this, there's something off. This is not real. And it's basically the same, same thing. So Wanda and Pietro are hiding under their bed, uh, went watching this missile about to explode and also somehow miraculously the TV survived and is still playing the episode. So they're watching it and Wanda comforts Pietro by saying, by end of episode, you realize it was all a bad dream. None of it was real. And I believe that's pretty much the end of that fantasy sequence before Agatha pulls her out. And she, she actually goes only- to... She goes to reach for the bomb initially, which yeah, maybe that her maybe putting on putting the hex on the bomb, or was that actually Wanda who is living it trying to reach out and touch that memory? That's kind That's of a what good I question. I, yeah, I, I thought that, could it be that, or was that actually the memory? And then Agatha pulled her out because she was going to screw things up by changing it. Uh, right at that uh, moment when she has her hand like outstretched, is right yeah, she goes, like, and then pulls her. Wanda like pulls her out. Yeah, right at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, uh, the only way forward is back. And there's like in, in this bombed out, um, apartment, apartment, there's also a a very high tech, very intact steel door with a number, uh, keypad, like a password keypad and a Hydra symbol. And we, I think we know immediately just reckon, we recognize like where this is going. This is going right into the age of Ultron Sokovian or um, what was his name? I think it's at the end of winter soldier. That you originally yeah. see this, the like the bonus Baron, scene, Baron von Strucker's facility where mm-hmm. they have the Mind Stone testing. They're doing experiments on people. There's two scientists. One of them says they're because they're about to they're about to do something with Wanda. They're about to give her expose her directly to the Mind Stone. And mm-hmm. one scientist says there's been zero survivors of direct contact with it. Wanda kind of just walks up to it and it opens up. It, it, it comes out of its blue casing and. There's just, Wanda is like, looks like she's withstanding a flood, but like a flood of light. And she's yeah. just sort of like, it looks like it's it's going to overwhelm her, but then she's just sort of like stands, like she just kind of stands there, like she takes it. And then yeah. we cut to what she's seeing, which is this goddess descending from the heavens in this, just bathed in yellow golden light. Yeah. Ryan, I think... I've, who do you th- who do you think this is? Because I've said who I think this goddess is. Well, I I think I think it's actually a, a, an image of her being the Scarlet Witch. That makes more sense. But yeah, okay. <laughs> like either she's seeing herself in the future, or it's showing what she's going to become. That's what I thought. But yeah, it looks like you've got a good one. <laughs> I've already talked about this. The Dark Phoenix. I think I think this is okay. At some point, all superheroes look the same if you silhouette them. Uh, <laughs> yes, billowing cape, kind of helmet with spiky things coming up, or like some kind of visor with you know a pattern that makes a shadow. Uh, Absolutely. So who knows? It, it makes a lot more sense that this is her seeing herself as fully Full realized power. version of Scarlet Witch in the future. But yeah, it also oh. could be because the Mind Stone is from space and and it's uh, has the power of 
cosmic entities trapped within it, and it may itself be a sentient cosmic entity, perhaps the Phoenix Force. I don't know. But, Do you think uh, that you, the stone, the stone like floated out and like went to her? Do yes, you think that that was the stone? Yep. Okay. You don't think that was her using her her very primitive before stone powers to pull it to her? The stone was seeking her out because that's what I thought too. But I read somebody say something about it, it was her telekinesis, and I, I don't think I think the stone saw her as a, a, a just as some powerful being to either put my powers into or whatever. But I think it's more of the stone being attracted to her. I and think I that, that the entire Infinity Stone saga that we've seen, the 20, 20 or 21 MCU movies that all led up to Infinity War and Endgame, I think like that, that, that's referred to as the Infinity Stone saga. They're, like The yep. stones themselves pop up here and there, but then it all culminates in this grand story where you find out it was about them and all along. Yeah. I think in the next phase, we're going to start to see like the creation of these stones or the fact that each of these stones is itself a being and it's it, it in itself mm. has sentience and wants and needs things that it, goals that it's trying yeah. to accomplish and it's using different powerful beings or different heroes or villains as agents of its own agenda yeah absolutely i agree that's that's what i think too they're more of a sentient being than anything else but it's possible that it's, she's it's, that powerful and, yeah. and did it. Are, are the Infinity Stones like a huge storyline? Like, again, I'm not big into the comics. Is, is it, are they in the comics mainly like a lot of the time? Like, or is it just the Infinity Saga? Or do they remain a big part of the story? There's, okay. So with Marvel, there's like everything before the MCU and then the MC, and then there's everything during the MCU. And now there's a phase of everything that's been influenced by the MCU. And it is right. now like- So the, the comics are actually changing because of the MCU. Yeah. So before the MCU, the, the story that was that the MCU was inspired by for the Infinity Saga, it was like a, the way that the way that comic you you're not really like you never really like were into comics no as a teen or anything right the not way real. that comics work is very similar to the way that they've structured the MCU. You'll have individual characters that have like you can go to the newsstand, you can buy an an issue of Thor, you know. Thor mm -hmm. volume one, and then next week, Thor volume two comes out or issue issue two comes out. And then, you know, you can get Iron Man and then Iron Man two and then three and then four. And then eventually little things might happen. One of them will get attacked by one of Thanos's minions. One of them will, because it's Thor, like he'll go into space and he'll go to the planet where Ebony Maw lives, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yep. And then Eventually, there will be a big crossover comic that's released that's The Avengers, and they're all together, and all of their storylines have led up to this. They're yeah. fighting okay. Thanos and his crew. Yeah, awesome. honestly, I think the MCU, this, is very, this might be a very controversial statement, but I think the MCU did a better job of telling the story of the Infinity Saga than the comics yep. did. For one very big reason, which is Thanos' motivation. He was, in the comics, he was in love with death, who essentially is Hela from Ragnarok, more or yep. less, more or less. I'm really fudging the details, but more yes. or less. <laughs> like if, if you can, if you just visualize Hela, a comic book version of her, and Thor yeah. being in love with her and wanting to impress her, that's his entire reason for collecting the Infinity Stones is so that he can oh. get the love or get the favor of the embodiment of death who he is in love with. Oh, I much prefer what the MCU did. I mean, it's just get the love and the, it's like, this is just, 
get that out of there. This is much <laughs> <laughs> just like that doesn't have to be the drive for everything. I really yeah. love. I just like the way that that's so much better. Like he has a reason. Like and it, and it it's a logical reason. I mean, it's a little extreme, but mm-hmm. you know, someone who's nuts like extreme like him, you can see him wanting to actually destroy half the universe. It just makes more sense. Yep. It's a lot better, and it makes him more of a badass. <laughs> yeah. So so in you know? so in the original comics after the Infinity Saga was resolved and they defeated Thanos, yep. there was you know there were results of that like people having powers because of um their exposure to the Infinity Stones or the Infinity mm-hmm. Stones amplifying the powers they already had that carried on through like forward through the comics, but it's not like it's not like that was the whole like it took over and that was the whole entire thing. But yeah. in the comics now you can't you can't read any storyline without one of the Infinity Stones being referenced. Referenced, yeah. um, no matter how small or no matter what the scale of the story. They've just become like the MCU has just made them a huge, huge thing. Everyone knows about them, so it, yeah, it's easy to write about it. And it's they're a really good MacGuffin. They're really they're easily recognizable. You know what each of them stands for and represents. Mm-hmm. You know the kind of powers that somebody gets from. Them. They're color coded. They're so like they're everything about them is so cinematic and and yes. makes the storytelling so much more streamlined. And a lot of people on it, a lot of people really might say like, well, that just it's like a coloring book or it's like the t-ball version of storytelling or it makes it easier, gives them shortcuts. But it's it's really just storytellers recognizing the elements of storytelling itself from a fundamental standpoint. And this is what captures the minds of every human being. And we have the, the ability to tell those stories in such a grand visual way that everybody will understand what it means and get something personal out of it and have like a personal connection to it. And I think it's a really, it's really hard to thread that needle, you know, Mm -hmm. you can dismiss it as as training wheels, but it's, I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like criticizing my own viewpoint and like fighting against it. That (laughs) doesn't make any sense. I was really enjoying that. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to the episode though. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question, I think what we're seeing in that, security footage which gets cut interestingly yeah. enough the, the scientists try to review it and there's right. just a cut i um, found that so gone. weird i'm having a hard time thinking of what that could be because it's the mm. same thing kind of the jump cuts in her show which mm-hmm. um just was she cutting that out or is this whole time the mindstone been editing out different things it's kind of what i it, thought or is it some kind of like time loop that can't mm. Right, exist like she's caught in that little in that loop while that what we saw, but they can't like, see that. Yeah. yeah, the cameras literally can't pick up that quantum mm. of a second because it do, yeah. it exists in such a small frame that right, like even the camera can't pick it up. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, I do think what we're seeing is like the spirit of the mind stone itself. The whatever the minds, whatever is inside the mind stone. We're mm-hmm. seeing it manifest itself in some sort of humanoid form to like bestow its power or amp- bestow its abilities and powers onto Wanda. Yes. For which its own purposes, which will be revealed much, much later, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And also interestingly, in when uh, Wanda's in the Sokovian facility, this experimental Hydra facility, she's, she's watching an episode of the Brady Bunch uh, when, mm-hmm. she's, when they put her in isolation. All right, so then the next place that uh, Agatha brings her through her memories is to the 
space where, yeah, where Wanda is staying after the death of her brother. There's this really nice room that she's in where she's sitting and watching Malcolm in the Middle. And Vision phases in just as just as they show a really, really good clip of like the reason why Malcolm in the Middle was a great show. Which is how, uh, played by Brian Cranston, hammer like very carefully, like hammering the last bit of an awning uh, in in this this home improvement project, and then he hammers it, and the whole entire thing. They do a wide shot, the whole entire thing collapsing on his head, and it's clearly a mannequin or something that just gets <laughs> tossed around. <laughs> I love that. That was a great show. <laughs> and so Vision and Vision comes in. Uh, he phases through the wall. I think Wanda calls for him. I mean, this was a little muddy to me, but I think Wanda calls for him and then he comes in the room. Yeah, she senses him outside lurking. Was, so was is he just like <laughs> watching her through the wall? Kind of. I think there was a scene, was there a later in Civil War or was it in Age of Ultron where they like mentioned something like Vision, you got to stop like lurking like or something. Okay. And then he like phases. So it's similar type thing. I don't know. If, I think he yeah. was. He was on the other side just kind of He's Acting like a security camera. Yeah. And he senses the minds. She's because they can sense each other. You know, I feel you. Yep. So she felt she felt them and asked him. So in. <laughs> so he comes in. Yeah, he comes in. Uh it does yeah, it doesn't seem like he's I because he used the word intruding, or I didn't mean to intrude. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's like, Well, I guess I did mean to. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But either I way, think he's interested him. in her. He's yeah. just I don't know because of the emotion she's projecting. I think she, she, he's interested in learning about humans and emotions, and she and she captures his his curiosity. This is this shows why Paul Bettany is such a good actor because this could be so creepy, and yeah, and, and it's really not. It's dancing somehow. It's, it's not exactly. Yeah. It was actually quite touching, and it, it was really uh, this whole like from here to the end is pretty emotional. It really was. <laughs> he sits down, and and right after the Brian Cranston thing, he says. Um, it is funny because of the grievous injury the man just suffered. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she tries to explain why it's funny and, and kind of can't. And, it's and it's true. Like you kind of can't, I can't, I can't explain why that's so funny, but it is like just exactly. talking about it, just describing it makes me laugh. But it's almost like she does nail it. Well, she just says, it's not that kind of show, but it's not that kind kinda, of show that kind of is the explanation. Like you get into a show like that, you have an understanding of the humor and you just have to get it. <laughs> like every, every time uncle Phil throws will out of the house and they do <laughs> yeah. the same kind of like rag doll. It was, what was that DJ jazzy Jeff that he threw out? Oh, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, and it showed the same clip of him flying out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. It's because I think that's how I would try to explain it to Vision is that it's it's introducing this cartoon physics into the real world. And that's why it's funny, because you because, yeah, yeah, what she says is like he doesn't he doesn't really get hurt. You know that he doesn't actually get hurt. Yeah, it's not going to be a part. It's not realistic. It's not a hospital show. (laughs) Exactly. Vision tries to, he tries and fails to comfort her at first. And I forget what he says to her, but she says, the only thing that would actually bring me comfort is seeing my brother again. Mm -hmm. And she describes it like she has this feeling like she's getting hit by a wave over and over. And she's afraid she's going to drown in it. This is kind of something that we they've talked about, like the feeling of being in Westview. Monica has described that same same kind of feeling, that grief, that endlessness, Mm -hmm. endless nothingness. And Wanda is talking about how she 
feels like she's going to drown in it. Vision says something profound, and he seems to have that reaction right after he says it of like, oh, I just said something profound, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he says- The grief uh, and love thing? Yeah. what What is grief? What is grief if not love persevering? Mm-hmm. That and is beautiful. It, it really is. That's an awesome line. And I think it also makes Wanda, because we're seeing, we're seeing two Wandas in the scene. We're seeing the Wanda in the present moment with Vision. And then yeah. we're seeing Wanda in our present moment, looking back at this flashback. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, 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 the new Wanda, the real Wanda, uh, the now Wanda. One watching. That's <laughs> watching. The, Wanda the Watcher is... Um, <laughs> I think she, you know, this is something, again, this is this has come up in several episodes. It's a thing that somebody is saying out loud that she needs to hear because it's what her subconscious is trying to tell her. You need yeah. to let go of Vision. You need to let, you need to accept that he's gone. Absolutely. That's the, really the point of the, of the show. <laughs> and then we go back to, actually, this is the final memory. It's uh, when she goes to the sword base because we see the what actually happens when she goes to recover uh, Vision's body. We saw a fake version of it before. And now we're seeing, unless that was the real version, what we're seeing here is the fake version. What do you think? Well, that's a good theory. Well, I never thought about that, huh? Ooh, you crazy son of a bitch, you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Damn, I like that. Hawkins Razor tells us. But you know what, though? I'm going to stick with the fact that I think that he was hiding it the first time around. And I, I really do think that this is the real version. Because, again, it comes back to Wanda's intent. She's really not a bad person. She wasn't here to come in and steal Vision. And I agree. She just wanted her, she just wanted her closure. And I'm now, I'm now upgrading uh, Hayward. I'm, I'm ready to admit that I was wrong about Hayward and say that he went as far as to doctor that footage. Exactly. And make it look like Wanda attacked and stole vision he purposely lied and manipulated everybody to think something else and now he's a douche that's it yeah he's on my shit list that shot when they let wanda in and she goes to the operating room and she's like looking down that shot of vision in pieces they're pulling parts of him apart and like the his his version of blood is like kind of on the table like drops of it that is a horror show it is i was i was genuinely disturbed by it like it really i mean i know it's i know i'm looking at just a machine and metal parts on a table but it's what it means to her though yeah you know and to me like as somebody that likes vision like i like vision you know absolutely i yeah vision is really my man and it's really upsetting to see that it sucked and then also that he purposely like almost brings her in to see that Mm -hmm. do you think that that's what somebody they don't want to see him like she doesn't want to see him like that that's like bringing somebody in to see their like family members and like rip the part that's not that's not what that's not what she wanted and i think he knows that Yeah. yeah i there's a there's like a there's a layer of it where it's like okay he's trying to do the right thing and like break her out of her delusion yeah but man but man like that's 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 the old me from episode like one and one two and three giving harkness (laughs) more of a pass and saying he's black and white i'm i'm realizing now like harkness no he or not harkness uh is that is that what i've been calling this guy hayward Uh, you've been right you've been right (laughs) hayward is a a straight-up villain he is rebuilding vision yeah. and covering it up and he's lying to wanda and he's lying to everybody on the sword base when he shows that footage of wanda breaking in and stealing it hayward sucks um yeah he's, <laughs> because he's a he, he says to her i'm not 
either way, I'm not letting you bury $3 billion worth of vibranium. Yeah. To reduce a person, vision is a person. Like mm-hmm. he may not be a homo sapien. He may not have, you know, yes. like lungs and a heart, but he is a person. Like yeah. he is, a, he is somebody's legal husband. I think. Exactly. He has they might, not be, they might not be legally you know? married, but, <laughs> but <laughs> <Well> like, <laughs> but yeah, that he's recognized as a thinking sentient being Me. and, and to, no. to reduce a person down to their dollar value like what their Their, body is worth is disgusting Uh, yeah so and then to do it right in front of the person who loves them too and it's just it's like i don't know if it's just because his mindset is so different than hers he sees it as a machine and a weapon Mm -hmm. and she sees it as a person and her love so at at the same time it's like i think he's an asshole don't get me wrong but maybe he just he doesn't his intent isn't to do that but the fact that he just doesn't see it like that he just he has a totally different perspective and that's just how it comes across. He doesn't care. It's a machine. It's metal. I, here's the thing. Like we like Nick Fury and we sort of, we don't necessarily trust Nick Fury, but we know he's on the side of good. Right. Would you agree with that? Like if Nick Fury entered a scene, like I would know whatever Nick Fury's decision is here. I might not like it, but it's for a good reason. Yep. If Nick Fury was delivering the same speech, I could almost see that where it's like, yeah, he's just kind of telling the hard truth here. His right. his strongest argument, Hayward's strongest, he plays his trump card, which is he is the most advanced weapon that's ever existed. And yes, we're dismantling it like for the sake yeah. of the entire planet, because history show your friend Tony proved that it's dangerous for something like this to be around if it's not in control of itself or like still sentient or whatever. Because if, because if we just bury it, some villain is going high. Somebody from Hydra is going to just desecrate the grave anyway, dig Mm -hmm. him up and use it for their purposes. So let's dismantle him first. It's, it's a valid argument, but like still, I don't know. There might be a way Nick Fury could, pull out a better argument than that or a better version of it but it's still i I think the losing argument when you reduce it to he's three billion dollars worth of vibranium and not a person that existed and had a life yeah i agree with you just it absolutely it shows the the shittiness of him and i agree with you on the on the nick like if you heard nick fury saying these type of things might lead you in a different direction but you got this guy yeah and something ain't right yep and so Wanda gets into her car, which as soon as they show the parking lot, I know which car is hers. Why do I know? Because it's red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, <laughs> on the passenger seat, there is an envelope that's like open and, and empty. So they're building this mystery. She starts driving. She drives into the town of Westview, which looks like it's seen better days. It looks like it's kind of, it's in the fallout of the snapping, right? And people are are kind of rebuilding and we see Harold people kind of have this depressive look, you know. Everything too. is gray. Yeah, everything is very yeah. gray-scaled, filtered gray and and everybody yeah, kind of looks depressed or just yeah. going through the motions of of whatever they're doing. So I, I think what we're supposed to see is that like Wanda is driving through this is in a mindset where she and Vision literally visualized a life here and what it could be. And as she's driving through the town, we're seeing some of the things that we see in the closing credits, the gazebo specifically, but it's in yeah. sort of, it's, it's uh, surrounded by like construction, do not cross tape, that kind of thing. Like the pool where they had the little pool gathering is all run down and like a swampy looking. Harold is, I think he's like nailing posters up. Um, We see Sharon, who's Kitty from that 70s show, like sitting at a table by herself, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. her husband was probably like snapped away maybe. Oh, no, no, because this is after people came back from the snap. So that's not true. Yeah, so Mr. Hart. <laughs> Mr. Hart. But either way, yeah. he's not at the table with her. And there's several and then, people like him and Dottie's not in that shot either. Yeah, I they think we see Herb. I'm not 100% sure, but I think we see Herb. Yeah, Herb's the first guy we see. Then we get to this plot of land. Wanda envisions house on the on the sitcom. It's Wanda envisions house, yes. uh, but in reality, it is not built yet. Nope. It's just a yard. It's just a a property, a piece of land, and she has the plans, uh, which is what was in that envelope, and written on them is like a cartoon heart, and inside of it, it says to grow old in V. Oh, so sad. I was crying when I saw that. Yes. Teared up at this part. It was it was rough. Because they don't okay. tell you. They just give you all they give, show you all the pieces of it. They show you the, the plot of land. They show you the blueprints. You already you know the backstory of what happened between these two characters. And so you just put the pieces together and you're like Exactly. You don't this even is need devastating. The, you just, it's it's crazy how they did it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so sad and it invokes the emotions that it does it's really really great um, and then it becomes this reverse wizard of wizard of oz where everything goes from color to black and white and it, it oh, starts cool. to become this like pleasantville reality that she's entering and or <laughs> yeah. creating around herself and everything is just becoming she she does that like charge up like pulls yourself real tight, (laughs) uh, balls herself into a ball of emotion and then boom, releases it. And it goes in every direction with this red reality barrier, this uh, TV screen barrier, just spreading in every direction, transforming, transmutating everything, cars, buildings, billboards, advertisements, stores, until we're in the Dick Van Dyke show again. Uh, yeah. uh, and Vision is standing there across the room from Wanda. One of them was in full color. What, which one, one? I think Wanda was still in full color, right? Everything was in, after everything transformed, it comes back to Vision and everything's in black and white. Wanda's still in color. Yeah. And then it yeah. kind of pans across and she's in like black and white and what does he say like welcome home yeah what shall we watch tonight or you know uh, that was another just looking at visions just looking at vision and just knowing he's not the real vision that that also oof, that was that was emotional too for me just that when he said like welcome home and i'm like oh, it's so sad you know yep like he because created this, like fake vision and just the emotions but yet now she's so happy but in the end, it's still going to be shit. Because now we, now we know, uh, <laughs> now we know what, what the real vision is and yeah. is not, which we'll get to that in just a second. Cause the next thing is Wanda goes outside, man, I should have written down this transition. However, we get Where from that it? to, she goes outside and her kids are captured by. Because, uh, it's slowly, again, you do a little pan around of the camera and then it shows Agatha's obviously made it look like a TV studio and she's sitting in the audience. Yeah. She claps and then clearly she's realized now what she is. She snaps and disappears out into the streets. You hear the kids screaming all of a sudden now and Wanda goes running out. And there right, she is. Right. And now we see, we see Agatha in her full uh, comic book garb, badass mm-hmm. as ever, holding the kids and they're like leashes. Catherine Hahn, nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and she says something like you do chaos magic or like your magic yeah. is chaos magic and that makes you the, the scarlet, scarlet witch, witch. <laughs> <laughs> and then credits <laughs> and she i think she says something about like you're a being that was like rumored a to myth. be a myth um yeah 
So there's some sort of prophecy that yes, is alluded to that's spontaneous. To what is it, entity capable of spontaneous creation? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one of the Infinity Stones is. I think the Soul Stone is, or something. Uh, one mm-hmm. one of them, I think, is capable of that. That's neither here nor there. Uh, the <laughs> The only other thing I had to say about that before the end credit scene is, yeah, it was, I forgot about the detail that when we get back into the Dick Van Dyke set and they sit down on the couch, they show like the big studio lights and the audience where Agatha's sitting. And I thought yeah. that was remarkable that in her whole fantasy world, she, she created the sitcom house miss lit. And she even thought of the detail of it's missing the fourth wall. And yeah. the audience is, is there sitting there watching us have our That's- antics and hijinks. Yeah, it's really cool. And and that's a question that we had previously about the show in general, about the concept of the show. Like, is there, an, if we turn the camera around, would yeah. we see an audience there? And now we finally get the answer to that, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Then we have a post-credit scene and we see director oh. Hayward and Sword. They have this, uh, the drone that was, that they sent in and Wanda like magicked it. So it still has traces of her red hex magic on it i originally thought that this was the stark missile from when they were kids but that doesn't make any sense right yeah it does um, <laughs> uh, but that's what i thought at first <laughs> but yeah it's it's that drone they are using it to harness like a trace amount whatever little amount of trace yeah. power on still residually on it for some reason mm-hmm. and they have rebuilt vision and he's in like a box or a glass case, like an action figure. And they are using it to bring him back online. And he's like, this is like Jesus vision. He's like fully just bathed white. in white. And like, yeah. he's got that like diamond gem in his forehead. It looks almost like a little like Iron Man reactor in mm, his head mm-hmm. there. And it's just really cool. And his eyes, he just looks so badass. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Now in the comics, there was a white vision, right? I don't and know. And he, I don't I, well, I read a little bit about it, and uh, there okay. is there's a white vision, or apparently he was destroyed, and the Avengers rebuilt him again without, but he he came back without his personality, so he's robotic, doesn't remember his life, you know, with Wanda or anything like that. So mm. it's like a, a vision stripped of his personality and who he is. So he's not even like Jarvis. No, uh, no, I well maybe that that would be a. a good way to go because jarvis well jarvis almost kind of had a personality no totally more did. more straight mean and n- not mean more straight of just a machine he's a machine yeah. like a, a terminator just doesn't care yeah you just know, the avengers were no and... longer his friends it was just he did what he did because that's what he had to do yeah um, whether they stick with that and he's or they somehow merge the two visions and we get the real vision back <laughs> Yeah, the the whole series so far has been about Wanda being afraid of confronting her reality and dealing with her pain. And now she is going to have to quite literally confront a physical manifestation of her loss and her grief and probably have to, she might have to destroy Vision for a third time. I was thinking the same thing. I I think in the end, she's going to have to learn vision is a loss and you have to learn to accept that. And yeah, I, I believe if he comes back, that's cheating the whole purpose of the show, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, as much as I'd love vision to not be gone, it just, it just makes more real life sense for him to not. Yeah. To not we, live. we, 
we had a running theory about her like getting another mind stone from an alternate dimension and and she created yeah. like and this is an alternate vision with an intact mind stone but i think i think we can rule that out now i i'm, I'm pretty sure that's not the case we'll hint at maybe they'll hint at like other dimensions and stuff later but i don't think it's going to be the main concept here after seeing yeah. this witch background and stuff which is awesome because i love to be surprised <laughs> i mean it honestly doesn't bother me the multiverse is coming so you know how no matter when they bring it in i'm gonna be okay just serve this story correctly and i'm i'm happy and so far they're doing a great job so let's each make uh, a prediction about the finale let's i'm gonna write them down and we'll come back next week and we'll find out <laughs> if our predictions were right because at this point that's all we have left is is the final episode yeah so based on everything you've seen in the show so far what is yep. one one specific thing you think we're gonna see in the finale i think i am i am pretty certain we're going to see, I'm pretty certain we're going to see Agatha and her purpose of absorbing powers from Wanda and also why she wanted her to have children to create these powerful beings that she could also suck power from. So I think there's going to be something of her trying to drain power. And then I believe that Dr. Strange is going to show up to help, which okay. is going to lead into the multiverse of madness. So there's going to be a huge wizard switch battle with the two visions fighting the witches and Dr. Strange is going to come in to try to help contain. It's going to lead into something that creates or relates to the multiverse. And we're going to, it's going to lead into Spider-Man and that Wanda needing powers from witches, Dr. Strange helping to save the day. All right. I, really think, I think that's going to happen. I'm writing those down. I'm locking you in and I'm holding you accountable to them next week. Um, Final answer. The one I'm holding myself accountable to. So I have one of I have one of two theories, and they're the exact opposite of each other. So I'm going to have to pick one. But okay. <laughs> one is I'll I'll say the one that I think is least likely first because it's the one I want more. So it's the least likely. Wanda is Wanda has her manifested vision that she has created out of whatever in her Dick Van Dyke world. Uh, there is also the real physical version of vision from his vibranium body infused mm. with the leftover residual power from the drone. So there's two visions. Like you said, they're going to fight one possibility. The want the vision that is like a blank slate that is now like his body, but back online, but a blank slate versus the one that is not actually physically there, but is his personality and everything that makes him the person that Wanda loves. Yes. That version is going to merge with the physical body and they're going to become like, vision prime and that would be vision's awesome. going to be back and wanda's going to have it and that's how she's going to get vision back i don't think that's really what's going to happen though so here's my actual prediction <laughs> uh i think i think that it's it's going to be all that same setup but wanda's going to have to realize she has to in order to stop this director hayward created sentient weapon vision that is just like ultron it's a cold calculating machine yeah. of death mm -hmm. she is going to have to accept the fact after all of this denial, after all of this processing of grief, she has to accept that after two deaths, Vision is really gone. She, there is no way to bring him back. And she has to destroy the comfort blanket Vision that she's created as a manifestation in order to stop this real Vision. She might even have to kill him two more times. <laughs> but I think the show is going to end with her literally destroying Vision once and for all. And saying goodbye Maybe. And being able to say goodbye, fine, and let yeah. it, being and able to get, let it go, get the closure. Yeah. yeah.
yeah, I think that that's good. So my you, very man. specific prediction is Wanda destroys Vision, and your very specific uh, one is Doctor Strange makes an appearance. Make well mm-hmm. makes an appearance and somehow unlocks a multiverse. Whether so you're doubling down. I, I want my I want you to make sure you get my Agatha is going to be sucking <laughs> yep. powers from everybody too, mm-hmm. and the children. They're like why it was important for yeah, dope. All right, great. This has been a very long episode already. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, yeah, let's try to keep up an hour. <laughs> so Ryan, do you have any final thoughts about WandaVision up till now? Final things you want to say before we uh, wrap it up and come back next week for the finale? Just summarize again that the fact the show has been amazing and every time I see an new episode, I'm like totally thrown back by how great it is. And again, this episode was amazing. It just really drove the story forward. Get to see the, the what happened, uh, you know, in the past. It's awesome. The show's been great. I can't wait for the finale. Um, yeah, that's it. Well said. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you. Love you. said something profound didn't i Ooh, you crazy son bitch you huh <laughs> the camera zooms in on me so we get out. some high proof alcohol we get gasoline anything that says what funny. makes our lives worth living is our mortality if there were not mortality we wouldn't be passionate. luckily for me most of the beauty pageants that i've um, participated in don't i have done my fair share of blood man. i've always liked showing myself off naked got up out of the seat walked to me and then slapped me Spontaneous conversation with people from around the world on Stranger Than Christian, available on your favorite podcast app and at StrangerThanChristian.com. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.